What's up, guys? It's Miki, and welcome back to another episode of Blank Canvas. Can we hear my smile and my tone? Yes, this week we are smiling. This week we are doing a lot better. The last episode that I released um, was titled My Rebellion Against God, and I explain how I was, at the end of the episode, I was at a very real place of being at a crossroads crossroads. Can I never say this? At being at a crossroads because I have known about God all my life. It was not forced down my throat, but it was something that I naturally gravitated to. Of course, I was introduced to God by my mom and other people around me, but it was never like you follow God or else. My mom taught us that nobody comes before God, not not us, not nobody. And, you know, for a lot of people that can be like, how could you not put your kids or how could you not put your spouse? And I think that never offended me because that was always my norm. And then I got out in the world and I realized a lot of people will be offended by that. But every offense that including the ones that I pick up, it's literally my choice to pick up. I've explained this before, but I can't get that imagery out of my head of um, Pastor Mike from TC talking about us being offended. And it's he had a whole bunch of suitcases on stage, right? And then he would just go around and pick up that baggage, pick up that baggage. And that's what it looks like when we as people, we choose to be offended. Not saying that our feelings aren't valid with some of the things we're offended by, but it is still a choice to pick it up and then not only pick it up, but carry it. And how long are you going to carry the offense? Because most time when people harm you or they do stuff to you, they are moved on. They don't care. They're probably not even thinking about it after offending you for that moment. And they got you if they get you to consistently talk about it, consistently think about it, or they take a part of you that is like good and and make it a little, now you're a little angrier. Now you don't trust as much. Now you're not as open. Well, they won. Like, and these people probably weren't even attempting to fully take that from you, but they they won. They, they stole your peace of mind for however long they stole it. Then they also got you to change you. And they're okay with being them. They got you to change you. Been surrounded by God and knowing God for a very long time. I've never really, I don't want to say I've never had a problem because I've always been open about, I talk to God like how David talks to God. That's why Psalms are my favorite because David, and again, I could be wrong because I'm not like a Bible scholar, but David has one of the most authentic, brutally honest relationships that I have ever seen with anybody in the Bible that reminded me of how I talk to God as if like, yo, this shit is pissing me off or God, I really, you know, I don't have the funds. You know, I don't know how to do this. Why would you put me in this position? Why would you have me here? Why did you take me off of this path? Like, why, why, Lord, why do you have me in these positions? Why do you have me with these people? Different conversations like that, or God, how could you let this happen to me? How could you let this happen to a loved one? I was at a crossroads last week of, was I gonna continue to still follow God because I was so angry with him? I was so just, I was angry with him. I was angry at myself. A lot of this blame I put on myself by, you know, making certain decisions. I feel like what would have happened if I would have based my life off of just me? What would have happened if I was you know, I made my decisions and from a very selfish perspective of this is how I'm going to thrive. 
use this time when the world shut down and then only think about me. And you have these thoughts of like, okay, had I made this selfish decision for this, where would I be? And I could be a lot further along in life by society standards and financial goals and stuff that I have. Because even in these seasons, I have different financial goals and stuff that I have. I can't forget about the goals just because it may take me a little longer to accomplish them. Because if I forget about them, when I do have the resources to get them done, I'll still be starting from scratch of like, why why do I even have all this? What do I even want? And then it also helps motivate you of like, okay, I'm doing this to accomplish this, this, and this. I had a multitude of reasons of being upset. The way my heart is set up, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't just watch people suffer around me. And it was some extreme life situations that were happening. You know, like you just need a support system. We all need support, even if it's just like in the day-to-day basis. But it was some very extreme and serious things happening that, I feel like had I turned my back in that season, I just would have been like an asshole. Like, okay, I love you when it's good for me. I ride for you when it's good for me. Like, that's just not even, I I can't, like, I can't do that. That also affects it, why I made certain decisions. But when you look back over your life and you think, did I make the wrong choice or is this in vain? You look at people who are evil prospering. You look at people who aren't evil prospering and you think, I did all this because of what? I did the sacrifice because of what, you know? A big part of me doing this besides my personality is obedience. And for people who don't follow God, it can seem annoying. And even if you do follow God, you, I forgot how a pastor worded it, but it's like a lot of times Christians will be like, you can be my savior, like save me from going to hell, save me from dying, save me financially, save me from this heartbreak, but don't be my Lord. You can be my savior, but don't be my Lord. Meaning don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me sex before marriage will cause this and this and this. Don't tell me um, to turn the other cheek. When an enemy is coming for me, please, God, like I'm TTG, I'm ready to go. Like, oh my God, give 10%. 10%? What? You y'all want to know something that helped me with the 10% thing? Just being really honest. Companies, and this is this is just an estimate, and this was an estimate a couple of years ago. So it could be even more or less. I'm not sure. It's been a minute since I've looked it up. This is a couple of years ago, but companies that take like 30% plus. plus of your profit, you're doing the creativity. If you're a podcast that does it all like me, you're doing the promo, you're doing the editing, you're doing, I am creating the content. I am the one sharing my life, my vulnerability, my story. And then there are going to be companies that come in and be like 30% or more. And God only asked for 10. God only, like, even when you think of taxes, you do all that work as an employee, right? They also are going to take your tax dollars to do this, do that, do this, do that, that you don't get a say in a lot of times. And then after you have made these other companies as an employee, Buku Profit, they come back and tax the hell out of your work, the hell out of it. And God only asked for 10. And then it was also broken down to me before that the 10 ain't even mine. 
right? Like why not give up the 10? And that's easier said than done because I wish I could say I was consistently, especially in this season at a point where I can consistently tide and that I am not fearful when I do it. Sometimes I am of like, I need this more than you know. And like, I am holding on to this. I need this more than you know. Bills need to be done. Food needs to be gotten. Clothes need to be, you know what I'm saying? Like basic needs need to be met. And it's like, yeah, I trust you, God, but I need this and I still need more. I trust you, but I don't want to give up this 10%. I don't trust you to that level to give up the 10% kind of thing. Give your 10% to God, guys. And if you don't do it, don't think like he's going to strike you down. He's not because I don't even tithe all the time. But I will say when I was tithing, you give him the 10%. It's his anyways. He blesses the 90. The 90 can be more than 100 if he blesses it. So you'll still get your overflow and you'll still get more. And I never planned on going into tithing. So I don't know who needed to hear that, but there you go. For some reason, the Holy Spirit sent me down on that little tangent. So there you go. I was at a place last week where I just didn't know if I wanted to keep following God, if I wanted to keep being obedient to him, if I wanted to keep trusting him. Like, I know that God is real. I know that heaven and hell is real. I know that with a shadow of a doubt. I ain't even seen it and I know it. I felt him. I know his experience. I've seen him in other people's lives. I've seen miracles in strangers' lives that I've never even met. I've seen miracles up close and personal and family and friends. So I know that God is real. I know that he has the power to bless people. I've seen it. He's blessed me. He's blessed others. I know. But when you go through a season of not being as prosperous as you're accustomed to or feeling like it's done nothing but steadily deplete, 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 it can put you off in this zone of okay, I'm being obedient, but for what though? Like nothing seems worth it. And I talked about last week, okay, some spiritual growth, that feels fine. As I'm sitting here talking to you guys, the download is coming to me and he's basically, hold on, let me see what he's saying. He's basically telling me that the reason I made you grow more spiritually than financially or any other thing is because had you had all those things, you would have been too distracted to do the spiritual work that you're going to need in this next season and that you currently need it. I will say that if I didn't grow in maturity, if I didn't grow spiritually, if I wasn't consistently praying for fruits of the spirit, I wouldn't have had the compassion, the grace, the empathy, and the love to give to other people who are not exhibiting it back. I wouldn't have had it to give to myself to be like, okay, Don't let what they said steer you off from your path. Don't let what they said, you know, hurt your feelings to the point where you can't serve, you know. Don't let what they said turn your heart into stone and bitterness. And now you don't want to trust and now you don't want to love. And as much as I'm like, "Mm, yeah, sounds nice, God. Deep down, I know that I really needed that spiritual work because the things that were happening, had I not had my spiritual core working out, I would have crumbled of under the weight of people's action and words towards me. I absolutely would have crumbled. So as much as I try to downplay it, it was definitely a necessity. It's also that I missed how much of a necessity it was because I my eyes were so focused on the lack thereof or me not being exactly where I want it to be, which emphasizes another point. My eyes 
were not on Jesus. I was not sitting at the presence of his feet. You know what I mean? Like my eyes weren't on Jesus. My eyes were focused on what I didn't have. My eyes were focused on where I wasn't. And for a person who struggles with a poverty mindset, if that's where your focus is on what, I don't have this, I don't have this, I don't have this, I don't have that, I don't have this, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not, 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 not. I'm feeding the poverty mindset. I'm not feeding my hope. I'm not feeding my faith. I'm not feeding any positive outlook on life. Like I'm feeding the negative, right? And I say that all to say, guys, that I know we're waiting on my answer. 20 minutes in, well, this will be edited down, but pretty much 20 minutes in, just for me to answer, am I staying on the path of, am I staying on the path of being obedient and trusting and following God? Yes or no? And the answer is, I'm not fucking leaving. Did you hear me? I'm not fucking leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. Like, Wolf of Wall Street, my ass. I'm not fucking leaving. Like, I don't care how upset I get. What did he say? They're going to have to bring the National Guard. They're going to have to bring everybody out here. Because this is my home that I built. And I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> Love that movie. That is a goaded movie. Love that movie. But that's that's how I felt when I came to my decision because I really debated like some people may think like oh this girl she's deep in God no way no like I fully debated walk away because I'm sick of this or keep trusting God and being obedient and I literally had this thought of that scene and I knew I had my answer of like we're not going anywhere it'd be nice for a little break but it's so much destruction that can happen in that little break. It's so much regression that could happen. And just not even with me just in life, but even in me, like spiritually and all the work that I've done. It's so much regression that can happen. I really don't have time to step away for a day, let alone to step away for, I don't even know how much time I wanted to step away from, but I knew it was going to be a good little minute. I got what, at least three years to recoup and then some. And so much regression could have been done. And I really would have been saying, did I really do all this in vain? Like everything then really would have been like, did I do this for nothing? Am I really doing this in vain? And that itself would have been um, super detrimental. So that is my answer. I know last week we ended with the episode of, I titled it My Rebellion Against God. And I was full-fledged ready to go with my rebellion against God, but I hate to break it to all the people who, you know, probably would be excited about it. I'm not. What's up, guys? It's Miki. Quick little gratitude break. So, you know how in the episode I referred to people pouring into me and loving me and filling up my cup, which allows me to pour into other people, including the people who don't pour back into me or who don't love me? Well, shout out to my mom because she is definitely one of those people. I was so blessed by her being so strong and just attentive to us and just being her wonderful self. She is just an awesome mom. I went to one of my favorite parks that's been since I was a little girl. And when I showed up at that park, I felt like 
I was young again, like elementary school days, and I just swung and swung and swung, and I felt at so much peace. And my mom had the biggest smile, and it's like she was watching her baby be happy. You know, I said in a couple of episodes ago, like, I haven't been happy in three years. Wham, 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 right? Ew, gross. I mean, which somewhat can be true. It's been, I should say it's been more challenging, but of course I've had some happy moments. All moments have not been bad. As I also pointed out, my eyes were not on God. My eyes were not on Jesus. So how could I really acknowledge all the ways he was blessing me, all the ways he was keeping me, if the only thing that I was focused on on were the things I don't have or the things that I still needed to do in the places that I still wanted to be. My eyes were not on him. And if my eyes were on him, I couldn't feel his presence. I couldn't hear his voices clearly. And I just couldn't be grateful and enjoy the simple things in life. The simple things really bring you peace and the simple things can really heal and bless the heart. I got to take my little brother all these years later to a park that brought me so much peace and to come and have this full circle moment of pushing him on the same swings that I used to enjoy as a child. It was just a wonderful moment. And with everything happening, just me and my family and just different things in life, it was just such a peaceful, blessed, full circle moment. So I just, I love my mom. I love my brother. And I had to interrupt this episode to do a little gratitude break and to show how before this segment was recorded, I had already recorded the episode of this week. So for God to bless me with these things and seeing how when I put my eyes back on Jesus, I have a checklist of things that I can check off one by one of saying, this person blessed me. This person filled me up. This person made me feel good. This moment made me feel good. Even in the midst of the storm, even in in the midst of the chaos, God is still here and he is a loving, loving and good father. And I'm so grateful that he blessed me with a loving, loving brother and a loving, loving and just freaking fantastic mom. No matter what challenges we face and growing pains we face, that woman always has our back and she loves us. And everybody is not blessed with a mom like that. So I'm just very, very grateful that she works hard to be great to us, be great to others and be good to herself. And I love you, mommy. And just thank you for blessing me in such a way I didn't know I needed, right? To I'm always saying, I don't feel like my age, right? As if in a bad way. But can we please stop and thank God and acknowledge for when I didn't feel like my age, but it felt good. Like the little girl in me wasn't scared. She was happy. She was at peace. And that's something that I don't take for granted. All right, guys. Gratitude break over. Praise break over. Back to the episode. And honestly, I probably should have mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but I also want to do a special shout out. Thank you to my village, because as I explained in last week's episode, it gets easier and easier. It becomes lightweight work to, you know, hide how you truly feel, um, hide your sadness, hide your darkness. I was having such a terrible week last week. Like, I mean, terrible. And I literally texted another friend and I said, I'm having a terrible week. I don't want to talk about it because there's nothing you can do to fix it. Tell me something positive going on in your life. They did. And it was 
it was wonderful news. It was positive news. And I don't want to say too much because it ain't my business. But all I want to say is, is I pray that that works out for them because I feel like this opportunity to be, this opportunity will be even better than the other opportunity. And if this doesn't work out, we'll just find another path in another way to get them to where they need to be. So I'm so excited for that. I'm so excited for that. I needed to know, I needed to know some good news. I wanted to hear some positivity. I didn't want to sit and dwell in the negative or anything. I just wanted to hear somebody that I cared about, how their life was doing. So I'm not going to come like, woe is me kind of thing. I'm going to try to figure it out. I'm also not a verbal processor. I don't really want to talk about it. I have to be forced to talk about it. And sometimes it's a necessity for me to be forced to talk about it. But I mean, just like the average day to day, I don't want to talk about the same thing every single day. I don't want to dwell in my problems every single day. I don't want to talk about the people who hurt me every single day. Like that doesn't help me. That helps other people, but that just doesn't help me. And I don't think it should be a judgment either way. Find what works for you. If you're a verbal processor, talk about it, get it all out. If you're not, don't feel like you have to. But if you're not and you're a strong friend, you need some form of release because that buildup is dangerous for anybody. And again, it will lead you to cry, explode, and just lash out on people who didn't do anything to you. Please do not bleed on people who didn't cut you. I've definitely had experiences of that. I had one like that recently where people were trying to be kind to me and I just was like agitated, annoyed, and I couldn't even, when they asked me for an explanation of why, I couldn't even give them a true explanation. Like, I don't, and why? I don't, so I told, I text one friend and then I was like, okay if I tell them that was step that was a step I don't even know what made me do it it's like my fingers were typing but I don't know if my brain mutually agreed to do this it was almost like an out-of-body experience to admit I'm not okay that was a step to help me get on the path to being okay I told them they were like listen I reached out to that friend and then I was thinking like I got to tell the other one, the one I have been lying to. I got to tell the other one because if I don't and it gets out, I'm not even dealing with that. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dealing with that. So I told another one and they did what needed to be done too. I feel like my Avenger squad formed around me and it's not even that many of us, but I feel like my Avenger squad formed around me and was like, Let's do this. Like, you're battling, we're battling. You need to be better. We'll figure out how to get you better. But we need you here to be better. And I remember having a conversation with one of my friends. We had met up before. And she asked me, she said, how's life going? And I'm like, oh, it's fine. (laughs) You know, like, it's fine. And she was like, "Mm, okay. But then she got more specific. And she was like, well, specifically, dot, 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 dot. How's that going? And then I had to tell the truth. And then before I could even get like words out, like tears started to form. And I was just thinking like, oh my God, we were in a public place and she knows, she knows I can't stand crying, but especially in public. And I told her, I'm going to kill you <laughs> for making me cry in public. Can I say shout out to the guy where, where we were, he was going to the bathroom, black man, love you. He said, I, I don't really know you, but I'm just saying, I love you for that moment. He said, um, he saw me, I wasn't even like full on crying my tears were just at the top of my eyes and he literally goes she good is she good like ask my friend like is she good and she's like she's fine he's like okay 
It's the fact that the guy didn't know me, the guy didn't know my friend, but just to see tears in my eyes, he cared enough to check in in that moment of like, you all right? And that's what we all need to be doing. Like, you good? Like, even if it's a stranger, like, you okay? Like, I may not be able to fix your problem, but know that there is somebody out there who cares enough just to check in. Like, are you even good for like this moment? Like, you good? I So I appreciate that. I won't forget that guy. I don't even remember what your face looks like for real because I had watery eyes. But just you stopping to ask me, was I okay? And you didn't even see full-fledged tears. Like, shout out to you, King. Shout out to you. I hope that you are out here blessing a multitude of people with your empathy and compassion. So thank you for that. So that friend got really specific and I had to, you know, be honest about where I was. My Avengers team formed. She said, what are we good for if we can't be here for you during your hard times? And I was like, got me there. (laughs) Got me there. Like, that is true. That's what they're there for. But when you are a person like me who is the strong friend, when you're used to being strong for everybody else, when I have trained myself since younger, we don't really have time to focus on my needs because other people's needs are prevalent. And if their needs aren't met or catered to, or their emotions aren't contained or soothed, then it can just have detrimental consequences for everybody. And then you think you feel bad, but you're really about to feel bad if this person doesn't self-regulate kind of thing. So I just taught myself how to basically be there for myself or whatever and so when people are there or try to be there for me it can be uncomfortable at times and then i'll just lie and be like i'm fine even if i'm really not i really have to say thank you to them because it was immediate action it was no hesitation it wasn't taking it lightly in whichever way they could be that's what they were and that's what they did And the other episode hadn't even dropped by the time my rebellion against uh, God episode haven't even, it didn't even drop by the time they were like super supportive. So just for me saying along, I'm not okay. They rallied around and was like, whatever you need, how do we do it? How do we get you to being you again? Right? Because I'm not my highest, I'm not my highest form right now. I'm not my highest self. Like I would be lying to say that I am. I'm not. This isn't the best version of me. It's not. There is so much more. There is so much greater. There is so much more beauty in me. And I don't mean in the physical aspect. I mean, there is a heart and an abundance amount of love to pour out into people that I can't pour from because my cup is so empty right now that I do appreciate the people that they fill me up. Because y'all filling me up allows me to not only directly pour back into y'all, but it motivates me to pour into people who ain't even pouring into me. You know what I mean? So it helps. It takes a village. What do I always say? And more than raising kids, it definitely takes a full-blown village. The next thing that I want to do is I want to read this psalm. Because y'all know David is my guy. And I want to read this psalm for anybody who may have been feeling low or just like life is lifing because life be lifing. I want to read this psalm. It's Psalm 16. David wrote this one. Here we go. Keep me safe, O God, for I have come to you for refuge. I said to the Lord, you are my master. All good things I have are from you. The godly people in the land are my true heroes. I take pleasure in them. 
Those who chase after other gods will be filled with sorrow. I will not I will not take part in their sacrifices or even speak their names of their gods. Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. The land you have given me is a pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is filled with joy and my mouth shouts its praises. My body rests in safety for you will not leave my soul among the dead. Oh, y'all, this is the first time I have this psalm highlighted, right? This is the first time that my that I caught this. It says my body rests in safety for you will not leave my soul among the dead. Or allow your godly one to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of me living with you forever. And then if we jump over to Psalm 18, this is written by David as well. Psalm 18, verse 4 through 6, gives me chills every time. Verse 4 through 6 says, The ropes of death surrounded me the floods of destruction swept over me the grave wrapped its ropes around me death itself stared me in the face but in my distress <laughs> i cried out to the lord yes i prayed to my god for help he heard me from his sanctuary my cry reached his ears baby i can end the episode right there i really can end the episode right there because <laughs> david just gets it like i feel like david is so spot on it doesn't really need any other expectations i wanted to break down limitations but i don't know if i should just save that for another episode because i want you guys to have the full blown picture since this has been a process for me I also wanted you guys to um, have another scripture. This is what I'll say. I'll say the part that I was going to break down and discuss a little more was Lamentations 3 and that whole little chapter right there. And then probably Lamentations 5. And that's the prayer for restoration. And then the three is hope in the Lord's faithfulness. But I wanted to break it down because my Chicken Soup for the Soul Bible gives some context and some clarity to it. So, you know, it explains like Lamentations was written by Jeremiah and these are poems. And then it breaks down how like the how the Hebrew language is different from our language. And like the first poem was for destruction. The second poem was for God's anger. The third poem was for mercy. The fourth poem was the effects of the destruction and the fifth poem was restoration and i i really want to get into it but i feel like it would cut too much time so this is what i'll say go and read for all my people who want something else to read read lamentations the third chapter the fifth chapter Really, you can read all of it, to be honest, because they're poems of sorrow. They're poems of uh, Jeremiah literally grieving over the city and grieving for the people and realizing that a lot of this destruction that is happening, they 
brought upon themselves that's a sorrow within itself like some of the stuff we're going through we didn't even have to go through we as human beings we brought this on ourselves so so this episode doesn't run too long i think i'm just gonna stop it here because my guy david he ended he ended so well and then i may come back and do another episode breaks down limitations a little more in the way that i want it to Yeah, we're going to end with David. David's my guy. So we're going to end there. I wanted to say thank you. And then I know with the tithing, I didn't expect to have to go that direction with the tithing. But for anybody who needed to hear the tithing, pay your 10%. Even if you got bills due, even if you got debt coming, pay your 10%. And that sounds psychotic, but I mean what doesn't when you follow God? He, He surpasses all understanding. Most of the he does is out of our understanding. Um, he breaks it down as simple as he can. He had people in the Bible break it down as simple as he can, but we will never fully understand the magnitude and we don't get the sovereignness of God because we aren't sovereign. So I say that all to say, just, just keep trusting him. And for people who, like I said, you wanted to know where my decision was. I am literally, I am literally Wolf of Wall Street in this bitch. Like I'm not fucking leaving. Okay, so um, I love you guys. Oh, also, before I end, I also wanted, it was very important for me to share those raw, vulnerable episodes because I want people to understand that picking up your cross and following God is not like a, oh my God, I got baptized. This is going to be great. Oh my God, I believe in Jesus. I'm not going to hell. This is going to be great. No, it is hell out here. All right. You pick up that cross and then you're going to want to literally swing from left to right at all the different chaos and demons and battles and spiritual warfare and real life people that are coming after you. You like cross is heavy to carry and follow. But my God, I low key want to take my cross off my back and be like, first of all, this feels light to not have to carry this. And then also it's like, bang, 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 bang. Like I need to like bang people upside their head just to even still carry the cross and follow him sometimes it's what it feels like but in the end he says come to me and i'll you know i'll take your burdens i'll take your weight i'll make you feel light and that is what we have to go to him but i don't want people to think like following god is this easy peasy path and that you always feel peaceful you always feel happy this isn't a disney movie all right this isn't a cartoon from back in the day Like this is real life and real life is going to happen. The thing is, he is our anchor in a world that tries to take us adrift. And that's just what it boils down to. So I love you guys. I hope these episodes have helped. If I remember, I'm going to try to come back and do limitations unless, you know, the Lord guides me somewhere else. Um, But thank you so much to my BK fam. I love you guys. I can't wait to see what we talk about next time. All right. Blank curves, blank curves.